break or no? This guy marath this guy podcast five days a week. He knows what's up. Yeah. We're professional sitter. <laughs> I'm like worried it's gonna kill. Like I'm literally gonna die from doing a daily podcast because I'm just so sedentary. What if we find out that there's like a podcasting like sickness that you're gonna develop? Yeah, it'll be named by. after me. Yeah, I got the podcast. I have Miles Grazia. Podlung. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. I have pod ass. You've like, inhaled the dust of too many anecdotes. <laughs> went into the podcast mind. Well, here we are in the podcast mind. Three professional sitters with sore butts. Mm. <laughs> Back for another episode of Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames. I'm Abe Epperson. I'm Michael Swaim. And taking a drink of water at just the wrong time mm-hmm. is our special guest. Mr. Miles Gray. Yeah. Uh, you're also a professional podcaster, so I'm also I didn't even have yeah. to point at you. Well, yeah, I'm a professional podcaster, and that's my favorite point of the show where the hosts are talking, and I pretend I don't exist until I'm introduced. Uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> me. I would say the hardest part of making a podcast is having a guest, they sit down, you want to start rolling, so you start rolling, and you get to the part where you're supposed to intro the guest, and you realize you should have set up some kind of system ahead of time. We're like, you're going to talk on this keyword or whatever. Because we just had Teresa, and we were like, and with us is, and I just did the point, thinking Uh she would know, and she just looked at me. (laughs) Yeah, I did that one where. Like, go, go. Uh, do you remember that? With uh, we were on a different podcast. It's happened a bunch of times. Yeah, where I was pointed at, and I wasn't really listening because I thought he was doing a spiel of like just getting everyone acclimated to the beginning podcast. Right. We're like five seconds in, and he's like, "And we're talking about." And I, for some reason, thought he said, "And we're talking too." And so he wanted me to say the Cohen to- brothers, the Cohen brothers, the topic <laughs> of it. And I said Abe Epperson because I thought that he was asking me to say. My and name. we were locked in. We had to just talk about Abe for You're an right, hour. Yeah, for an terrible. Hour. <laughs> and I was begin? like, "Well, that was awkward yeah. for everyone, and I can't explain that now, especially on a podcast. How about I do it on a different podcast where it's unrelated?" And that's and the, here <laughs> and we are. Now exactly. you know. And now you know. All right, you fucking cock-sucking motherfuckers. <laughs> Woo! Well, it's appropriate for the topic. I love it. Let's dive right into 2003's Bad Santa, which holds the record easily for the most expletives in any Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, did yeah. someone need... That's on their trivia page, but I'm like, who needed to count that to know? What's even in second? Right, exactly. Uh, Big Lebowski or Casino has the most fucks. It has over 300 fucks. But um, this is was but uh, as a Christmas, Christmas movies. Oh, for Christmas. So I was like, you don't even oh, need yeah. to count that yeah, shit. It's obviously bad Santa. Um, I realized upon watching it that I don't know which cut I saw in preparation for this. Oh, the unrated or. But I saw yeah. a cut I hadn't seen before, and I want to also at some point talk about the changes. So like the key one I remember is, do you guys know one of the funniest scenes to me is. When between jobs, when Billy Bob Thornton is in Florida, right, and he's behind the bar pouring drinks, and you're like, oh, when he's not a criminal, he's a bartender, and it pans over to a guy who goes, who's the real bartender? Yeah. Who goes, you hey. piece of shit! I told you to get out hey, from my asshole. <laughs> and he like throws a bottle at the dude and says, fuck you, and runs away. Yeah, downs the vodka first. So he's like, oh yeah, he drinks a bottle of vodka. Says, fuck you. Uh, that scene, which I love dearly, was missing from the cut I saw. Oh, no, that's original. That has to be the original. Because I remember, I feel like I've always seen that scene. I, know that I was shocked that scene was missing. Also, the ending didn't have Thurman Merman kicking the bully in the nuts. It ended with like, and I'll be home soon. Love you, Santa. Fade to black. What? It was crazy. I saw some weird cut. That mu- 
I wonder if that I was looked, the theatrical and we all have been watching all been the watching been a, X-rated? Theatrical and unrated and X-rated and a director's, I found out. So this is a heavily like recut film for whatever reason. Right, right. The version I saw also doesn't have an opening monologue. And I actually thought it was way stronger without it. It didn't need it. Huh. Hmm. It like, you know, the op- so yeah. you guys saw the one with the narration and the scene, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, okay. Like the one that ends with him puking in the alley? Yeah. This was that exact sequence where he's at the bar, he sees happy people, he looks sad, he right, pukes right, in the right. alley. There's just no dialogue oh, wow. whatsoever, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. With a movie like this, I'm like... Does, is it what's about the, the the power of those scenes more than I don't know? That's yeah. What, like, what's the point of watching like Kitten Paws version of Bad Santa? You know what I mean? Exactly. No, I just thought it was a clear example because then I went back on YouTube and watched the original opener and back to back. I was like, right. oh, I didn't notice how spoon fed that opening narration was, sure. but it clearly is and clearly was put on after because the studio made him like Terry right. Zweigoff, the director, obviously didn't envision it there because the narration is lit like an encapsulation of the plot right right he did teach me how to crack safes though it's like we would have gathered that yeah from right the, you don't need to do <laughs> yeah. this yeah and I i'm thought, never watching movie, I'm like i wonder how that that thief learned how to do that <laughs> yeah like yeah. it's not important now that you mention him the director uh because Swigoff was coming which is just really strange to me coming off ghost world coming off ghost world that what? he hadn't done anything really which i just watched that wasn't last like week, shorts yeah. and like made for tv and then he made ghost world it did pretty well and they're like ghost world that's the guy for bad Sam. we had one thing before that which was crumb the doc it's a documentary about crumb, crumb but it was really highly like reviewed it generated a lot of right buzz. right it's right. just a strange movie for like i forgot that there was a time of this movie before like apatow the culture right, right, of Apatow right. and those directors would take the raunchy comedies. You know? Yeah. It's interesting. And while we're reading the roster, produced by Joel and Ethan Cohen, hooray, and Harvey Weinstein. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. The second it comes up, it's like Miramax. It's and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, amazing cast, in my opinion. You got Billy Bob Thornton, Lauren Graham, Tony Cox, Bernie Mac, John Ritter, Alex Borstein, Lauren Tom as Lois, if you don't know, Lauren Tom is Amy Wong from Futurama, so oh, that's yeah. dope. And Cloris Leachman is Granny. I mean, she's an acting legend. It's not a challenging role. Wait, but... Lauren Tom is uh, Tony's wife? Yeah. Lois. Lois. Oh, yeah, who wants the loofah. Yeah, yeah. You get the loofah? <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, if you don't know, but I figure everyone does, even if you just heard the title for the first time, it's about a mall Santa who's a piece of shit. The biggest piece of and shit. And it's a comedy. It's like a gross-out, offensive comedy. And I don't know what special alchemy there is. That is not my jam. This is the only comedy that's trying to be like, he's you know puking, doing drugs, being racist, calling little kids motherfuckers, and it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I find it hilarious. That never works on me. I don't know what magic they did. Yeah. But in this, it works. No one's been able to pull off that character or that kind of character at least in a way where you're just like dude i don't know why yeah i'm the same way i'm like this is this is his best role i think so it feels like this is this to me is what i think billy bob thornton is actually like as a person for some reason well he said he was uh continuously really drunk during the filming the entire film oh he what like legitimately yeah Yeah, he he said he wanted to stay and he read the whole time to be true to character he also has said if he could go back to any time in his life it would be filming bad santa which is interesting because it means it was a very positive set, 
But does that also mean, God, I wish I was just drunk, drunk all, the all the time? I think he yeah. was talking more of that like stage in his career, though, because yes. he, he named a few other films at that time. In the time. same cluster of yeah. time. And was he still with Angelina Jolie at this point? I don't know. I so, okay, remember. here's a question to launch us into something. Is the Lauren Graham character, like, unforgivably just an object woman? Because, like, when they have the shot, I get that she's damaged in some weird way where she loves Santa, and that's right. how they write around it. But when they have the shot of beautiful Lauren Graham smiling warmly, and they cut to him, slack-jawed, drunk, red-eyed, and then it cuts to them fucking, I'm like, how did this happen? Yeah. But then I remember he was with Angelina Jolie in real life, and I was equally like, how did this happen? I don't know, because... Like, but she, she has nothing. I just That was my main sadness upon a critical rewatch. Yes, and there, other than the fact that she has a fetish for Santa's... Uh, which can be accomplished with anybody. He doesn't particularly look like Santa. <laughs> That's true. Not at uh, all. Other than that, like, there's no basis of why the relationship works, and there's only one point, which in you know classical comedy fashion, where just our, for some reason, our protagonist wakes up and says like, I, I what is the line? I, I love, I love. The, when he has his moment, you're like, I think I turned a corner. He's Willie's talking. To, oh, you better have the exact quote, or I, I did. Or let me I think I good. turned a corner. <laughs> I beat the shit out of some kids today, but it was for a purpose. It made me feel good about myself, <laughs> like I've done something constructive with my life. Right, and then the next time we see them in their relationship, squatting at, of course, the uh, Thurman Merman's Merman house. household. Uh, they're like, like yeah. they're drinking, but they're like not to excess. He's wearing clothes, not just the Santa. He looks right, right. washed. He makes a joke as they enter, and they—it's the scene where they think Grandma's dead. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's so it's almost like instantaneously he's cleaned up his act somewhat, and it's just very strange. I think we're not supposed to care, and that's fine. You know, like, nah. The the story is not. I just have to call why it out. They're interested in each other, but like it's a fair criticism. Yes. that it's a very masculine movie that just boils down to like bad boys being. Funny oh, it's just toxic together. masculinity. The movie it is. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, With but Santa I still hats. find it fucking funny. Uh, and like, yeah, I just I can't get around how I never find scenes that are just guys yelling, like throwing shade at each other as hard as they can. But in this, it's so funny to me. I'm fucking three feet tall, asshole, is when he wants <laughs> he wants Tony Cox to drag, Bernie Mac wants Tony Cox to drag past that Billy Bob Thorne in the parking yeah. lot. I'm fucking three feet tall, asshole. It's a matter of goddamn physics. Why don't you sketch for me how I get him into a car? Sketch it up, Leonardo da Vinci. And he goes, I'm sorry, what did you call me, thigh-high? And he says, I called you a guinea homo from the fucking 15th century, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> like, that... Is offensive to me, but in this movie, it's funny to me. I don't. Yeah, maybe it, it is excused by the fact that everyone involved is terrible. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, well, they were, they are terrible, except you, for Bob Chapeska. Well, that and I got. John Ritter, I have to R. pray R. that Bernie Mac and John Ritter are like a vaudeville duo in heaven. Like, oh yeah. They seeing this movie. One of the things so that stands good. out for me is they should be like a Laurel and Hardy. Like their yeah. scenes are fucking killer. So good. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he's just the, he's just eating oranges and shit. Oh, that was supposed to be a clue that he has chronic const, uh, chronic constipation, which I didn't know. I had oh, right, because then he's also drinking Metamucil all the time yeah, and stuff like yeah, that, or some kind so of fibrous fun. drink. Weird detail, but I want to say that the it's just it's a little disconcerting. Well, yeah, Santa fucking someone, someone in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> See that that to me is what like so I 
I, I kind of like this movie for the reasons that you're saying, but there's these weird things that I think it gets away with, not just the uh, like the romantic like situation that is going on, but like uh, in in the in the case of Tony Cox's character and Lauren Tom, they murder in a very horrible way. Horrible, yeah. horrible Bernie way. Mac, Bernie yeah. Mac. It's like they fail at it, and then they just like slowly crush his no, skull. Well, they crush his stomach. Then Tony Cox tries to electrocute his brain, brain with jumper cables, and that doesn't work. And so they, they run right. over his skull. It's run over his skull. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, which is off screen, of course. But like, it's just like these are monsters, yes. and it's like there's everything is quirky fun up to that point. Like it's. Yes, they're racist, but and homophobic and all these things. But ultimately, they're just talking like assholes. They're just a bunch of assholes. This is outright sociopath, like right. psychopath psychopaths. murder. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like I did not, I forgot that aspect. Of, like I, I just because it's been a while since I watched it. When it, the movie went there, it just like took it to a new fucking horizon. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this movie just got real in like one second flat. It's so weird to like. You know, when I when I think of if you wrote out all the dialogue, like those are tweets that just get you canceled from life. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? And, and shit it, I would never say yeah, unless I was quoting this movie. Yeah, and there's there are times when I'm just like, Yeah, what is it where normally like I would be like, This is just a disgust like what what are they doing? What yeah, are they thinking? Yeah. But there's something so real. I don't know. I, 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 there's something that makes it believable to me of like how shitty these people are. Oh, yeah. And I still haven't tracked exactly what the techniques are, which is like a magic trick to me. I love when I can't figure it out. But I, I, I know it must have something to do with something Terry Zweigoff is doing because Crumb, Ghost World, and this, like, he understands like fringe, misfit, loner, losers. That's right. what his career is built around. So in some way, there's some reality to the you can still feel sad for yeah. Billy Bob, even though he's the worst guy evil, yeah. in the history of, and I think it's funny how, like you say, Tony Cox is obviously in retrospect, a straight up like unrepentant murderer, yeah, right. but he can say true things. Like when they're in the food court and he says, uh, you got to stop fucking women in the dressing rooms or we'll right. get fired. And he got, you're just too well loud. this is just yeah. funny well you're my mom now you shat me out your womb and he goes you fucking said that yesterday you piece <laughs> of shit yeah. and he goes you fuck someone yeah i fuck one person i'm not out there fucking everyone because i hate myself what are you sigmund fucking freud that uh sigmund saw it off fucking freud, freud. Yeah. that's right willie make it about my height something safe because your soul is dog shit you're an emotional cripple and every single part of you is ugly oh. and i'm like that's some real shit yeah. my yeah. friend and he's right like the movie's not afraid to okay so it's like in another movie like in jackass presents bad grandpa or whatever he'd do something offensive no one would turn around and go you realize you do that because you're a hollow piece of shit inside? Right, right. This movie at least like throws those in. Yeah. So you know they know that. And you feel <laughs> just how pathetic his life is, too, in a way, where it's not just like, oh, he's like, he's an asshole and he's cool. You know, you're like, you're a broken, shitty guy. Like, whether it's like people harassing you over your voicemail because you have, you have so many bills mounting yeah. up, or you're just a creep who, like, your alcoholism is so bad, you're just drinking, like, serving yourself drinks. Like, he grinds against an underage chick at a pinball machine in a way that today would be considered sexual assault in oh, public. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And yeah, there's this, I think, yeah, maybe that's what it is, is that you really understand that. 
there's nothing good about his life. Like you're never like, oh, that was tight. And like, you know, you, <laughs> right. you're never like, you're like, oh Until- yeah, you talk like this because you're just... As Tony Cox describes him, everything about you is fucking ugly. Until Thurman has that little tiny speech that's so endearing. He's like, I know that Santa isn't real. I just thought you would be like to be my friend. I thought you'd want to give me a present because we're friends. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, Lauren Graham, that's so, he's sweet, isn't he? He goes, yeah, I guess he is. And then I love that his come to Jesus moment is she's like, now let's fuck. And he's like. I don't feel like fucking for once. And you're like, oh, he's a changed wow. man. I want to point out, I don't know. Also, what... Thurman says, good night, Santa. Good night, Mrs. Santa's sister. Santa's sister. <laughs> yeah. Because he told Thurman. But it's it's Santa's sister. It's more than that. He also said, that's why he lost his beard. How'd you lose your beard? Because I slept with an unclean Queen woman. woman. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's sister. like, why do you have to live here? Why can't you be at the North Pole? Ah, Mrs. Claus caught me fucking her sister. <laughs> flipped out see it's 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 a tight narrative he's <laughs> developed a great lie well and he's also just unable to communicate with a child to like try and paint life in a different way like just right. like yes yeah, and the child is perfect thurman might Flawless not victory. ever get anyone even the best like he's so stilted in his grade yeah. like he doesn't understand things yet he's also why it was also interesting to me that they don't shy away from everyone being genuinely pathetic like their life is sad right mm-hmm. when thurman came home with his report card i thought for sure it was gonna be like oh his saving grace is that he's smart because the movie wants to throw the kid one bone yeah and no he's proud of his straight d's so this is like mm. a fat snot nosed dumb kid who is neglected by his parents right. there's nothing good <clears throat> in his, his grandma's life. like his, in his, outer space <laughs> the whole time she, yeah uh Actually, the report card's better than that. The report card is all C's. All C's, okay. So he's thoroughly average, except for one, the second quarter, he got a B in English. So it's that he got a tiny victory. Slight victory out of like 18 disciplines. He got like a half step up (laughs) on one of them. And it's like a pity B from the teacher. Yeah, exactly. It's just, but other than that, he's just thoroughly normal. Well... He's, I wouldn't call him thoroughly normal, but... C is average. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, but throughout the film. No. Yeah, he's... I, the bread and butter of the movie is this kid who couldn't really exist. He's c- kind of a cartoon character. Yeah. Peppering Santa with amazing questions and Billy Bob and answering just, them hilariously. Yeah. Never yeah. breaking eye contact. Yeah. Just yeah. like walking to the bus and then walking to the... Mall, like he just exists in his own fiction. But he is wise. I think in the first bully scene, when he walks yeah. by the bullies and they throw a can at his head and he just ignores them and walks, that's probably the most effective thing he could have done smart. in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Right. And given, like, even though he has a fantasy somewhat, we don't get to see that much of it because he's not a big talker. But, like, even when he gets the wedgie and it's like the second beat between the bullies on his walk over. He's like, I don't want an elephant anymore. I want a big gorilla so they can protect me against these bullies. Named Davy. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's yeah he's also, and it the gorilla could take orders from the talking walnut, so it wouldn't be my bad thing. Right. (laughs) Which is clearly how the father has explained embezzling. Well, he says no, no. It's his mom is dead, and he says, "Where's your dad? He's exploring mountains, which means he's in jail." Yeah. Where's your mom? Dad said she lives up in heaven with Mary and Jesus and the ghost and the long-eared donkey and the talking walnut. And I want to know, what biblical figure do, is he, he confused the, about? Who's yeah. the talking, talking walnut? walnut. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I used to, I grew up with that kid, Max, who was like the blonde-haired bully kid. Really? And yeah, we used to, with, oddly enough, we would always punk him around. 
Uh, cause he was like, we always, there were two maxes in our group and he was always little max uh, and was max always, two. yeah, he was never max. And then even when bad Santa came out, we're like, dude, little max is in bad Santa. We're like, and like, he's like, I'm right, still weirdo. not big max. Yeah, I'm just, in a movie. You're still little max, my man. But yeah, oh. even when it, but even when he walks by when they throw the can off his head, it just underlines too that Thurman just a f, you know he, life is so he's just gotten so gotten so used to it mm-hmm. that it's just like I'm on like just my just regularly scheduled programming. Like, yeah, I'll just endure this. In and his then way, he's kind of like Billy Bob. Like I think there's little hints that they're like karmically linked. Mm-hmm. For example, at the exact moment he is getting the wedgie. It hard cuts to him in uh, Billy Bob pulling his underwear out of his ass as if it's mm-hmm. making him uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And Tony Cox says, "You probably shouldn't should be, be digging, digging in your ass." Also, which uh, Terry Zweigoff said was such a funny line to him that he would wake up in the middle of the night laughing about that. That's line. just so cute <laughs> That's to cute. me. That's just cute. How did his character even end up at the bar to save him in that first scene? Is the he just kid? a kid wandering a parking My lot? My assumption is he waited. Till the mall closed yeah. to follow Santa from and afar. Just waited, he's done. Right. Yeah, he's uh, done before yeah. in the movie. He oh, just waits right, right. Yeah. in the parking lots uh, for Santa. And then, to but see then Santa. when you look at it like that, you're like, oh, that's right. They just do such a good job that everyone is. You just hurt for everyone. So I guess maybe that's why you can excuse all the shitty things. Even ass clown guy from Office Space, you only yeah. glimpse in that one scene. And I will say, of all the scenes, that's the scene that I did feels like structurally it could fall away. Oh, yeah. it's the a whole weird movie scene. is structure yeah. clusterfuck. I was, but keep going. I don't agree, but we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, but I have, sticking in just that the ass clown scene where the guy from Office Space tries to have sex with him, and the Thurman intervenes, and he says, "Let me do this, little boy. I do it for all of us." Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> you don't, you yeah. never know more about that guy, but he clearly has some weird delusional darkness going on right, where exactly. he doesn't understand the, all of his actions. So there's like. It's just about fucking damaged, damaged people. And I love the turn where Bernie Mac finds out Billy Bob's criminal past and you're like, oh, that's the next plot beat. Mm-hmm. No, it's that Bernie Mac wants to cut himself in because he's also a criminal. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. only Bob Chapeska. And even he is, like, too good. He's like Ned Flanders where he's so anti-sex, he starts to seem weird. Right. Like, like fuck stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be another one where we like secretly agree because I say it's structurally a clusterfuck, but I think to kind of to both your points, uh, like because Miles, you're talking about how we get a lot of we just get to witness who they are and how they are relative to another, and I think that that's accomplished because there's not a lot that happens plot wise right. in Act One and Two. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot, so that we just get scenes of like take for example every scene really between uh, uh, Willie and Marcus are just. He's just berating him, saying, you're a piece of shit, you're and a piece of shit. And he says, fuck you back. And then that's the second saying, you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. But you get to see the dynamic more. So right. that's like a choice where it's like, I'm not going to put a lot of plot in. They're just doing their normal scam as always. Yeah. And we show kind of all the details of that scam up front in the first 10 minutes. And then just know that they're going to pull that off at some point. Uh, it's sneaky smart because it doesn't. It means that no one has any conflict other than just who they are, mm-hmm. which is a great thing to do with dysfunctional characters. We're just honing in on the fact that they destroy themselves. Yes. They don't need obstacles. They don't right. need obstacles. <laughs> right, right. So structurally, it is like classically bad for because like 
why not have obstacles on top of being a piece of shit? You know, you could do more with your movie. I think this movie actually does, like, the one thing I'll give it is it definitely has an intelligence behind why they chose not to make a lot of obstacles. And Ghost World is obstacleless in the exact same way. Yeah. Uh, their only obstacles are that they're a little selfish or they're figuring something right. out about themselves. Right. Yeah. I love when he gets in and he's, uh, he's got the ski mask. He's getting into the th- Merman uh, and he's resident. Rob so wait, there's no, no one's here. No one's he's here? like, no, yeah. he's like, just grandma. And he like sees her and he's like, what the fuck? Like, it's like the easiest crime of all time. She looks at him with his balaclava on and doesn't, Obviously, register him as a threat, so he just takes it off. Oh, Roger, you're home early. I'm gonna just live here. Everything's (laughs) easy for me. Let me fix you some sandwiches. Like you come in to break. Also, that's my other favorite line. He's like, "Is Granny spry?" (laughs) 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 Next question: Is she spry? The way Thurman just always echoes everything literally is so endless well of humor. Yeah, I don't know, Granny. Are Are you you spry? spry? (laughs) (laughs) And my favorite interchange of the whole movie is probably. Fuck is wrong with you, kid? Someone drop you on your head when you were a baby? On, on my, my head? head. <laughs> yeah. What would they do? Drop you on someone else's head? How would they drop me on my own head? Not drop, drop on. You. Are you fucking with me? <laughs> God damn it. Are you just fucking? <laughs> and he's in the bath, right? No, that's in the that's car. In the oh, that's in, yeah, because there's so many. Even in the bathtub, he has another scene where he blows up from all the questions. Where it's yeah, are you yeah. fucking what with me? What the fuck, kid? Doesn't no. know. He just the. That's the, when he's asking him about what Santa. Like right, what right, the names? Right, right. The names. What are their names? Who? The elves. Like he should know. Yeah, the elves. I don't know. Shit, kid. I love he goes. Bub. Uh, bub. You know. <laughs> I just say, hey, bub. I don't know. I make them make the goddamn toys. What the fuck? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that he like starts naming reindeer. He's like, "That's just the seven dwarves." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's just grabbing from I don't know. And yet know. in this same movie, Santa actually tries to commit suicide, and only stops to go beat the shit out of some kids. Right. Yeah. So I love I love the weight. I do like that it escalates to like a truly dark place where there's murders and shit. Yeah. And I think it's kind of a stealth Christmas tradition. That at the end, Willie's tirade is anti-capitalist. I thought that was, I realized that on the most recent watch that I'm like, for such an anti, like, we don't want to be like Christmas movies. Right. Do you really need all that at shit? At the end, he says, yeah. do you really need all that shit? It's fucking Christmas. That is what Santa would say. Yeah, <laughs> I love right. that. You need all this shit? That's like a classic Christmas moral. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sorry, before that, you were talking about, oh, the structure. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. It seems to me that if you cut out a few very short scenes that, like the ass clown scene, that are like weird linking scenes, it is always a cycle. Like it's just three iterations of a scene where he and Tony talk about the crime, a scene where he hangs out with the kid, a scene yes. where he's at the house or with Lauren Graham, or no, at the mall working, yeah. either in the day or doing a crime. And that cycle just repeats, and you see changes in the iteration through the cycles. And I got to believe that that's an intentional statement on the fact that that's why they're, all these people's lives are a cycle of bullshit. He's a downward it's spiral. A rut. Into it's a rut. Suicide. The structure yeah. of the film is a rut. So it doesn't have like growth and fade away. It's just they do this, then they do it again, right. and then they do it again. Maybe that's probably why like that underlines the pathetic nature of all the characters, and maybe that's why we're able to let... I think, like we're saying, like we understand how shitty life is for them <laughs> yeah, yeah. because of that lack of structure where like it sort of, 
you're missing all those points that you're used to in traditional script writing where you're like, okay, so what are these, what's, what's their motive? What are they doing? And right. you're just sort of like, oh my God. And you're like, he's he drunk, so he felt like again. fucking a chick. He and pisses like, himself in the chair. Goal oriented. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> Mary and Joseph, you <laughs> pissed yourself. <laughs> you pissed yourself. Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I love how they enter. One of my favorite interactions kind of like, coming from like something like in the office where Michael Scott just hates Toby so much. <laughs> it's, it's almost inexplicable. Inexplicable yeah. hatred of people is how much Willie hates any security guard. Yes, right, right, I right. always wondered why there was so much shit with the security <laughs> guards. He's just like, go fuck yourself. And they're always mean to him. They're all like, it's 8 a.m.? Nah. No, oh, the first guy's not be mean. He's trying to do a cute Santa bit. Yeah. Right, right, where he's right. just like, you got baggy pants there, smuggling anything. He's like, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> And then when he has to get in at 8 a.m. or whatever, he, the guy the guy's like, well, it's not 8 a.m. yet because it's like 7.59. Right, right. Yeah. And it's just like they're just doing Christmas stuff, hijinks. Yeah, yeah it's not great yeah. jokes, but they're security guards. They're just trying to have a real moment as far as they can reach. And he's just like, fuck yourself. Yeah. I think, yeah, time. like, every, well, that's it's interesting. Like, whenever it's almost whenever he's confronted by regular people, his reaction is just like to go off. Right. You know what I mean, even whether, even if that's the kids asking, like maybe for just because their lives are manageable, like yeah, go fuck something. yourself. Yeah, and the I guy's like, real that. nice talk there for like, a Santa. <laughs> and then nice I like that when he leaves, he goes to himself. Almost had that job. Yeah, that security right. guard applied to be Santa. <laughs> right, didn't right. get it. But then yeah, even like the kids are like when the mom's like, oh my god, look at Santa. It's like I'm on my fucking lunch break. All right, like there are two amazing laughs in this movie. Just from holding on someone swallowing. Right. Which is after that, he swallows his bite of salad. salad. And, so fucking and then he's funny. eating a salad. Like, why, like this dude would eat a salad. Yeah, why would yeah. that dude eat oh, a salad? Food but then salad. also, uh, when Chapeska's talking to Bernie Mac, one of the scenes ends with him just taking his time on an orange segment. Swallowing scene ends. I love. Like, I don't know why that makes me giggle, yeah, but it does. Bernie Mac kills it with the eating. Plus, mm. it's just status. Like, he doesn't. I just love eating in movies when you're having dialogue. Yes, totally. It just immediately makes you higher status than yeah, whoever's just total in the disrespect, room. Disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that uh, Willie is actually pretty good at his job. Like, He's good at being a safe cracker. Right. Yeah. Not they, his job of Santa. Because the uh, <laughs> Kittner boy redoubt. He's like, I heard from the guy. Like, right. It's unbreakable, and then he breaks it. Yeah. yeah, which is just like, all that happens is it took but, extra time and effort. Yeah. Right, yeah. but it almost seems like he's laboring over. Like they it, they sell the fact that yeah, it was kind of a exactly. hard job from because when he finally gets it open, he, he seems like spent exhausted. Or something. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that that was a, like it's like a metaphor of like cracking the safe of you know like all yeah. that bullshit about right. you know like it's not trying to do elaborate metaphors, but if there is a metaphor for this movie, it's him trying to find. How he can Anything be a better good. version Why of himself. Why to keep living at all then, anyway. Yeah. yeah, then rather than like sabotaging yourself to such a point that you know you're going to die and then also sending a letter to the police saying, here are all my crimes because I feel guilty about it, which is one of the Which is I a big myself. reveal is you're like, oh, he feels guilt. I didn't right. realize that gives him dimension. I think he knew Thurman was going to send the letter. And like it's, it's so, a cry for help. Isn't it so fucking triumphant that it's that moment? I just love that. It's the moment that he was going to commit suicide that he decides to beat the shit out of some kids, which turns his life around. Right. Which is a great that, sentence just to say. That's just the, what, that's <laughs> yeah. probably the best line in the movie to me. Well, do you think like because that uh, he, he, the turn comes because he Thurman comes back with the black eye, right? And he realizes he cares about another human being, right? Yeah. yeah, and then but but up until then, you're like he was 
Oh, well, well no, because then you start seeing his sort of remorse about how he's behaving, like when he just destroys that advent calendar. Yeah. And like tries to put it back oh, together. Oh, that was cut from my cu- the version I watched too. That's oh, a really? great scene. Yeah, because that they, was... Did they, they didn't cut the uh, beating the shit and r- hurling racial epithets at uh, the donkey. donkey? No, they kept that. Oh, okay. Which, wait, what? He trips over a plaster donkey in the mall when he's, says, he arrives at work drunk. You goddamn SPIC and takes it apart in like a three minute <laughs> shot. Yeah. With yeah, his bare like, hands. Oh, that's, right right in. that's right. And that's where uh, Jin slash Bernie Mac like tries to cover it up because he knows that if Bob sees it, John Ritter, right. he's going to get fired because the whole point of John is that Ritter his is that blood he's sugar looking, being low. Huh? Does he blame his blood sugar being low? Yeah, no, so, at yeah. That that's point, the first one I think. At maybe. that that's point, Bernie day. Mac's in on it, so he helps him cover it. Oh, I do oh, like right. the first time when he's like, uh, he misconstrues John Ritter. He's like, are you talking about my gear? gear? My fuck what? Stick. My, my fuck, fuck stick. stick. Did he just say fuck, fuck stick? stick? He won't say fuck stick. That's an adult joke with for us adults. For us adults. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love my gear. That's so weird <laughs> that the advent calendar scene wasn't That's in, so weird. Because that is like a huge moment because he gets shit house. I was paying attention, man. I was taking notes. And right. yeah, it ain't in there. And he just takes that straight fall backwards like with the camera yeah. mounted to him when he just really just kind of underlined how his drunk that's where the yeah. scene ended in my they omitted right. the part where he wanders to the table first and eats all the chocolates yeah it's uh, interesting they do that shot several times because they also do it uh the first time that he has uh sue over uh at the Thur- the merman residence and they fuck in the spa and stuff uh-huh. yeah uh he drinks himself so shitty that like as she says like all right see you later or whatever close the door and he drinks the rest of the vodka bottle and then falls back and just right, falls. right, right. So yeah, that yeah. like that's well, they're I playing think, like a boozy cover of Oh Holy Night. Yeah, the score also I think is I'll just say this about the score and be done with it. This score of this film is like an amazing intro to classical music. Yeah, if you're unfamiliar with great classical pieces, they really curate a bunch of really good accessible ones. Is it like the from Aria or Carmen when he's beating the shit out of the bullies? Yeah. 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 Dun, 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 and the punches are kind of going with like yeah, the music, yeah. so yeah. And it's the like opening, kind of like a trailer. Yeah. The right. opening's either a Debussy or a Chopin, but yeah, I just realized there's a bunch of great classical in it. Which makes sense because Terry Zweigoff's like a music snob about old music. Yeah. Uh, and some cool Christmas song covers. Like they didn't use any of the standard versions you wrote. Uh, They're always well, fucked with. Actually, it's interesting because I, I also has a mu- musical note. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought it was kind of interesting that they chose that there's like, I think there's like four or five scenes in in the mall that it's the same cover of Jingle Bell Rock to almost like give oh, it like, like the, the music repetition yeah, like yeah. it only just plays that one song and so it's like living hell where the lands like the sonic landscape itself yeah. is like a prison and they change up the uh, I'm sorry not change up they literally like copy and what I feel have to be intentional homages Looney Tune sequencing like they'll have yeah. him wake up in the morning with a shot of the sun through the blinds and play the song that a Looney Tune would play, which is a Tchaikovsky piece, right. um, when like Foghorn Leghorn's waking up in the morning. Mm. So I think they do also want to, they cultivate this air of this being a cartoon world, which maybe is a reason also I can take it less seriously. Yeah. Right. Like his racism is often misaimed. Like to the ass clown guy, he says, yeah. I have buddies who died in Vietnam fighting fuckers like you. And you're yeah, like, not even close, not dude. Even close dude. He's not Vietnamese. But <laughs> that whole arc is weird. What? If it's even an arc that he like breaks into his house and like 
uh, we get a oh man is this isn't her first movie Olivia what's her name uh, or uh, sorry Octavia Spencer Matt Spencer yeah is, she, is that her first role is she the one Opal? who said fuck you Willie yeah. Which is said twice. I don't know if it's her first role. Yeah, I I I didn't know that that was her playing Opal. Oh, Uh, but she she says like ah, there's a guy, he's a cop in your house, and he's and that's why he has to go to the Merman residence. Yeah, Um, just think it's crazy. Like, what is the arc happening with like getting accosted by what's what's they even give him a name that's like insulting? It's Hindustani troublemaker. Hindustani <laughs> troublemaker. That's how, oh, that's Jeez. how it's credited? That's how it's credited, yeah. Oof. Wow. That's actually rough. Oh, boy. Yeah. Like, that was his name in the script? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, it's, you have Bob Chapeska asking, being worried that he'll get fired if he calls him out for fucking a lady in the big and tall section. He's like, I can see the picket line now. They'll all call me a sizist. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not a risk. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> He, she, he said, you're not going to S-H-I-T right for a month. Like the way Which is, that, that, is that, yeah. And also he S-H-I-T, said a week. Yeah. So he's exaggerating it yeah. already. For a month. For a month. Uh, and he talks about butt stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. he's just well, like. Well, he clearly has an anal fixation. Yeah, they make yeah, that clear. Like, <laughs> uh, Sandy, you come to bring me my present early? No. But I didn't even tell you what I want yet. Yeah, I said no, dipshit. Oh. <laughs> Good because I want a stuffed elephant. We'll shit in one hand and wish in the other and see which fills up first. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many times that Thurman says okay and it slays me. Yeah, he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I love that he gets him as this present a huge wooden piece that it, like he's bled on. So it's brand it literally looks, it looks like, like a turd. turd. It yeah. looks like a and turd. it's what a wooden <laughs> pickle he said it was. Yeah, he gave him pickle. a wooden pickle <laughs> that he cut himself to make. He's so cute. And he like interrupts them having like having not having sex but foreplay. Like, foreplay yeah. just to give the the enormous pickle, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Piece yeah. of shit. Cause he's just like this unstoppable wave of innocence, like right. where he, nothing like nothing is connecting in his brain. That's really. what yeah. he boils down to you can yell anything at him and he'll answer, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> This is fine. It's how you create sociopaths, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, we're nearing then. We're not there yet, but so that's why I'm just peppering in lines I know I wanted to have on the record. <laughs> Store Dick's dead. Oh, I didn't even know he was sick. Every year it's worse, Willie. You know this has been a long time coming. It's more booze, more bullshit, more butt fucking. Yeah, sure, the three Bs. <laughs> <laughs> the three Bs, yeah. Uh. <laughs> and that, that would not land without... Billy Bob's acting chops in that scene. No. Because he's genuinely shedding tears when right. he says the three Bs about butt fuck. You can see that he's playing, oh, I'm going to die right now. With right. that line. That's amazing to me that you can play that motivation yeah. with that line. Yeah. The three Bs. That's actually really interesting. Because uh, that's something I was thinking about a lot with the casting decisions. Like, Billy Bob really sells it. Like, he's mm-hmm. He really pulls it off, even though he's intoxicated most of the time, apparently. Uh, but there was, I like to read the trivia sections of, as yeah. what I can find before I watch the movie again, just because, like, see how it, You like, notice it, it in real time. Yeah, especially yeah. casting sh- decisions. And I thought going in, I was like, oh, that would have been a fantastic movie. But now I'm, like, thoroughly in the court of Billy Bob. Billy Bob was the right But uh, choice. Larry David was considered. Oh, my bed. God. 
It, w- it would have ruined the movie. I, I know. And I think first, it would. It, I would have gone like, oh, that's that's a different read of that movie. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh, no, not with this script. Um, not with it would have been actually more offensive, I think. Yeah, like, it really I, would. I would have been like, dude, this movie's trash if it was Larry because David Larry, saying those lines. Yeah, because Larry David has this thing of, but like, it's always like, I'm saying this really awful, offensive thing, but I mean, come on. Right. And that stuff in this setting is like no he's no just good, gotta yeah. thoroughly be a piece of shit and not have a point that's why let me throw the other one at you i think this one could have worked but i don't know bill murray was signed and he dropped out of shooting to film lost in translation or it would have been bill murray and i mm. actually can see him a lot more than i could see larry david oh yeah head. yeah yeah definitely because i i can I can see like the loser. Dr- I can see the loser drunk face of in Bill him. Murray, where yep, it's like yep. Larry David does not play. Like he always comes off as just a privileged asshole. It would just be like the darker parts of Groundhog Day, right? You know, right? Sure. Or uh, even his newer stuff, like Broken Flowers or whatever about right, Schmidt. Right. Wait, that's Nicholson. No, that's Nicholson. That's Nicholson. Yeah, I was thinking Nicholson. of Broken Flowers. I don't know. Do you think he could have screamed at Thurman in the same way Billy Bob could have? I don't think his angry is as solid yeah. or as funny, at least. You're right. Right. But I think like his mean. sad sack is equally yeah, his sadness convincing. Could, yeah, yeah, he can match. But, it but just, you're right. Billy Bob's perfect, though, because he also can be unhinged yelling in a funny way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not saying Bill Murray couldn't, but that's not been his thing. Yeah. And there's like, you know, they're like, there are like little uh, Billy Bob ad libs throughout there where, like, especially like when he pours the vodka on Thurman's hand to like mm-hmm. disinfect it, and he's like, ah! Like, yeah. God, shit, ow, kid, God, totally. Like, so grady. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that whole segment. Yeah. At Terry Zweigoff's request, the Cohen brothers helped him revise and punch up this script, which I also think makes it unique. Uh, mm. Very few scripts have been touched by the Cohen brothers. That That's aren't where Coen you brothers probably movies. get those long-winded, like compound phrases <laughs> yeah. of like insults. Is probably Cohen brothers. Right. Yeah, but I, but uh, but they did say anytime they were swearing, like. There's a lot of ad lib in there, right? Yeah, like, swear yeah, yeah. creatively was the ethos, and they went yeah. for it. I'm like, sure uh, a lot of the fuck yous and yeah, you shouldn't be digging around in your ass was an ad lib. There was no was, line yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if we're on trivia, last thing is the Kittner Boy readout is a fictional safe, but it's a reference to the first victim in Jaws, the Kittner Boy. Is oh my God. What the hell does that mean? Nothing. They were just trying just to think like, of a name. Yeah. That's fucking silly. I don't know what readout means. It's probably a word that it's is in safe brand safe names. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I'm not a safe man. <laughs> and then you said, and I agree that it's it, Who, it, me. It, you said your favorite line, which yeah. is I think a lot of people's favorite line, which is, "I beat some sh- the shit out of some kids today. I really feel like I turned a corner." Yeah. I agree, and I see why. But I think there's a stealth line in this movie that is the most clever pun ever written, <laughs> ever delivered in the media of film. What? And I think it's so clever that no one gets it. So I'm going to explain it to people. Come at us, man. When, okay, do you know what a, you know what a prefix menu is, right? Oh, yeah. Pricks fix. <laughs> Pricks okay, fix. Okay, so Miles is with me. Yeah. When, when they're negotiating with Bernie Mac, uh-huh. and they say, look, 30%, 40%, Bernie Mac says, this ain't no Chinese menu, jerk off. I tell you how it's going to be. This is the Pricks fix. Meaning the prick as in the detective's fix. Yeah. Fixed it. But also, yeah. it's not a Chinese menu where you order what you want. It's prefix. 
that it's he's, a prefix menu. And isn't it's the prefix pre- pun is fucking amazing? If you fix prefix, if you read pr- prefix phonetically, it looks it's like prix prix fix, fix, right? yeah. but it's pronounced prefix. So it's like it's hitting on, but it's spelled P R I X. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay, wow. That's just, a clever pun. I have to think one of the Cohen brothers thought of that, or I want to. That back and forth of just half. Oh, and then when he just starts mouthing, ha, ha. Also, I love Tony. Gets up to 49%. 49. And he goes, <laughs> half. And he looks at Billy Bob, and Billy Bob goes, what's 1%? What's 1%? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just but what was quiet. like the increments he really starts shortchanging, though? It's like 48 and a half. Like he starts yeah, like yeah, really, really just trying to also he's also clever because he goes 30%. There are three of us, 30, that's fair. And he goes half. And he goes, You got me? 33, 33. and a third. Yeah. I right. shouldn't have tried that. And he's like, no, <laughs> no. Half. Okay, 41. <laughs> he goes 30 to 33 to 33 and a third. Yeah. So that's like it. he really even on the second He's third, like, maybe this guy doesn't like, know. I'm gonna say yeah. cool one third of a point. And even Tony this. Cox, his like facial expressions act like he's trying to be clever about it, where he's like, yeah. hmm. Like really doing some chin rubbing. Yeah, this yeah. is a negotiation. Hoff. I Hoff. even though they're both horrible monsters, I think it's a cool maneuver how he and Lois are such a unit that obviously like get each other. They yeah. work as a couple yeah, of they do. murderers. And they're focused. <laughs> yeah, they're focused. They're like, we're getting they have everything what they we want. want. They agree they on want. everything. They yeah. get shit done. Yeah. I like that they're at one point too, when Bernie Mac's like saying to them, like, I understand what your scam is. You have a unique niche, you know, it's yeah, like an right. interesting way of saying like what this movie is. It's like no one is getting by being the best at anything. They just it's like just they smacked three people together and they can effectively do this one, one thing. thing. Right, right. They can make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's like kind of the rambling aspect of the screenplay, honestly. Totally. It's, it rambles. That's fair. It does ramble. I wanted to ask you guys, is this the message of the movie? Uh, which is another... Th- I like it because it's one of the speeches where we start to see Billy Bob can be mean to the kid and you can also sense vague things where he's turning to be like paternal towards the kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the best, of course, is when he flips out and goes, why the fuck do you talk about yourself like that? You can be like, oh, he's flashing back to his childhood. Right. But uh, when I was a kid, four guys beat me up and I ran home crying to my dad. You know what he did? Made it all better? No, he kicked my ass. You know why? To try and teach you to be a man because you have to survive in this world? No, because he has a mean, drunk son of a bitch. The world isn't fair. You have to quit being a pussy and kick these kids in the balls or something. (laughs) Or don't. Shit, I don't care. Shit, I don't care. And then he does, and we're very happy when he kicks the kid in the balls. Right. Wearing a t-shirt that says shit happens when you party naked. That That reveal gets me every time. Uh, Yeah. But uh, is the mess? Is this one of those movies where the message just is like nihilism? Just no, like if someone fucks with you, beat the shit out of them. Oh, okay. I was, I'm just wondering uh, if that's the message. I think that's Billy Bob's. He teaches the kid that, yeah. and it works for the kid. I don't know if that's because he's also like whatever line of thinking that had the kernel of this idea created him like a super self-destructive alcoholic and asshole. So right. like he is turning a leaf. I would say that if you were to talk to him in a few months or a year the billy bob character in bad santa might have a different also opinion. changed right but it might be the point of it's definitely the point of the character i don't know if it's the point of the movie is what i'm yeah. saying well yeah it's hard to nail down like what a what the point of the film actually is in that or sense. if it has or if it wants you fun. to think there's a point it might just be funny yeah i think it it's just, just supposed to be funny. that's why like when at first you're like i think this like when you're saying i might not agree with you guys that this is a, actually a good movie mm-hmm. it makes me realize too it's like because yeah there's i 
I can see because there's not a real clear point to any of it, really, right, than like right. this understanding right. this like Doesn't slice mean it's of not life enjoyable. But I mean, yeah, as, yeah, right, as but, comedians, of course, we occasionally cover comedies where I'm like, no, there's no point. It just makes me laugh more times per minute than most comedies. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. It's just a show. This is one of those for me. Yeah, yeah it very much so. And yeah, and it's not, yeah, and it's just the, the shittiness is what makes it so funny. It's not even like, oh, the joke writing is necessarily that great. It's just like these, I, like I'm just obsessed with these characters. And I can't overstate <laughs> how I've seen movies that do the exact same thing where it's dudes going, you're a piece of shit. No, fuck you, you piece of shit. Right. This is the only time I'm ever not like repulsed by it is this movie. It's, There's something special about it. It's very strange it. because usually when a movie usually does I'd be a like, thing what where a it's stupid like, movie. look yeah. at a zoo. <laughs> You're watching Look a zoo how awful now. they are. Yeah. I usually go like, ah, fuck yourself. You know, like, but yeah. this one, it better than most. I'm usually like, uh, it's kind of funny. That prefix thing really. So we met in the middle at yeah. the in the end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. One thing, uh, last thing about the alternate cut deal, which I just think is a crazy decision. Uh, at the end of mine, as I said, they don't have the scene. You don't see the T-shirt, and he doesn't kick the bully in the nuts. Okay. Instead, you hear Santa's letter from jail. Mm-hmm. You see uh, Lauren Graham in the spa. You see him like do something cute and Christmassy with Lauren Graham. I can't remember what they interact. Maybe he just gives her uh, the letter from Billy Bob. Then he goes back out to the stoop, Thurman, yeah, and starts cleaning the blood off the stoop from where Billy Bob was shot, shot six times with yeah. a bucket of soap and water, which is such a weird and that's and that's the final image fade to black. And to me, I'm like. Not oh. only is it not funny, that, it raises the question, is Lauren Graham a terrible caretaker? Why is she in the spa while the well, 12-year-old kid is scrubbing the blood, blood off the stoop? What does it mean? It's such a bizarre ending in the alternate cut I saw. Yeah, And also, yeah. How, is, how did she legally even become a guardian? At the well, she, they, he mentions in the letter, they, uh, because the foster system found out no one of competent, oh, who's mentally right, competent right, right. was there, they uh, asked him, he recommended her to be her, his guardian pro tem. So right. she's like a foster parent, but only for, she's only going to get to live there for a year and three months. But then, of course, this is, we also just covered Three Kings, even though these will be released separately. It's kind of Three Kingsy in the way that these terrible people at the very end decide to be nice for the first time in their lives. And they get hella rewarded. Because right, right. he, he implies not only... Okay, she gets to live in a mansion for a year and three months. She gets paid while doing it. And yes, after a year and three months, she has to move out of the mansion. But before then, Billy Bob is going to be out, and he's becoming a consultant, a sensitivity consultant for the Phoenix Police Force, which is a super highly paid job, he implies. So uh, I think that's a weakness. I don't know why he had to, like, get a happy ending. It doesn't right, really right, right. help or hurt the movie. No, not at That's all. That's just movies. You want the kid to be taken care of, them. but I don't care about Billy Bob. <laughs> I remember when I first saw it, I thought he died. Mm. You know, when he got shot. Right, he got shot six times. And I was like, and <laughs> maybe I, more. Yeah. Like when that happened, I was like, oh, damn, like, okay. Like, I guess I guess his character, Willie just died. Oh, so you thought that letter was I, the letter my, he gave well, him no, in before, the car? Before, like, just oh, before okay. we even find all that out. Yeah, but right. I was just like putting that together and before you re- realize he's not alive, I, then I, was, I for a second was like, man, this movie's fucking got real heavy, but right, in a way right. that I was like, but you know, I can kind of see why that was his right. fate. Too. If he died and all Thurman had to remember him by was the elephant, but he still got taken care of by Lauren Graham, like she became his foster caretaker, wouldn't that also feel right? Like that would have been a fine ending yeah, for me. Yeah, I know why. I yeah. didn't need him to live and get a high paying job. 
no, <laughs> after no. all these events. Yeah. Wasn't there him some wait, what was like the trade off? Because he was like the the like the kids seeing Santa get shot to death was why what was there like leniency in his sentence and he or was, something? Or he I got mean, a settlement or something? This is more relevant than it was when the movie came out, especially considering it's an Arizona police department. They shot an unarmed man in the back. Right, right. And it helped his case even more that A, he had already sent a letter confessing to his crimes and trying to get them to catch Tony Cox, which played well in his defense. And B, little kids witnessed Santa getting gunned down, which played well in his PR angle. So eventually the police force, like, obviously they could have put him in jail because he committed crimes, Mm -hmm. but they dropped the charges in exchange for, like, you know, to make them look good. Right, right. And be like, you're right, we were insensitive. Why don't you come be the sensitivity consultant? Uh... Which, I don't know if you need... I don't know if the Phoenix Police Force needs a white sensitivity consultant. Right. Especially like when you think about who this guy was prior to that, you're like, he's, al- the last he's also helping them, you know, plan possible future scenarios where they have a robber who's a serial stop robber. Yeah. Yeah. Stop safe heists. You know, if that ever happens in Arizona. Yeah, that yeah. does just like, now I don't like how many questions I have about that part. <laughs> Especially, so- yeah, yeah. The ending cleans up too cleanly, but that's fine. Right. Let's do the same and get the fuck out of here. We're over time. Yeah, okay. Boom. Did you, or do you have parting words, final thoughts? No, I'm, I'm good. All right. Uh, I could just keep quoting quotes, but it's a funny movie, so you should watch it yourself if you don't know the quotes already. Oh, yeah. Miles. Yes. Please tell the people where they can hear more of you. You can hear more of me every day, Monday through Friday, on the Daily Zeitgeist. You know, it's the daily news, comedy, politics, just whatever, whatever's going on in the world. We try and not feel so shitty about it. Shout out Zeit Gang. Uh, yeah, shout out to Zeit Gang. Uh, yeah, I host that with Jack O.B. Uh, and yeah, follow me at Miles of Grey on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, you know, and, and please, if you haven't seen Band Santa recently, rewatch it again and maybe you can figure out what the, the secret was to this What's sauce. the point? Of Find the right cut. If you're watching and a third or like 25 minutes in, you get to the part where Billy Bob is briefly in Florida and then comes back, if you don't get that behind the bar joke, yeah. you're watching the wrong version. You're watching an inferior version. Right. Oh, so 100%. Be aware, yeah. 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 And uh, personally, I'm excited to see more from Terry Zweigoff. He's one of these guys who only makes a movie every 10 years, but I've always liked them. What's the next one? I don't think he has announced anything. Wow. Like he might be a guy who's just wanted to make a couple and he's done. I don't know. He's very reclusive. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want him to come back and bring Rick Moranis, you know. Right, right, right. Everyone I miss appears, yeah. yeah. All right, well, that's Frame Rate. Thanks for being here. Thanks for watching, or listening, I guess. Ha! I'm used to it. (laughs) Everything about you is ugly. Oh, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, everybody, Swaim here. With added excitement in my voice because it might equate to money for me. Uh, I just wanted to officially let everyone know through the medium of audio rather than tweets that Small Beans has a merch store now. Yeah, that's right. And this is not just some cash grab with the logos of our shows although you can get logo tees there if you'd like we worked very hard with several very talented artists to really present you with shirts and buttons and content to come that we really think 
is worth your purchase and you're going to enjoy. And if you're someone who hasn't been able to patronize us, this is a fantastic way to support Small Beans directly without having to sign up for Patreon. And of course, you get a physical item in return rather than just our glorious, glorious content, which will remain free, but is not free to make. So we'd really appreciate anyone who's willing to check out the SB merch store. It is at smallbeans.bigcartel.com and there you will find a bunch of hilarious shirt designs, some limited edition buttons, as well as an ever-increasing amount of audio content to download. We're talking original rap songs, audiobook versions of short stories, and so on. And we're always brainstorming and trying to add new things to the shop, but we'll stop if no one goes there. So please check it out, smallbeans.bigcartel.com. And as always, we love you!